This podcast is brought to you today by jendavis.com. Jen Davis is a life coach that takes people from stuck to success. Success means something different for everyone, so coaching with Jen is a one-on-one, highly personalized training system. Jen works with a client to crush goals, overcome any obstacles they face, and create a custom plan for sustainable success. jendavis.com. This episode of The Mind Mix is brought to you by Eclipse Performance. Head coach and founder Monica Kincaid will work with you one-on-one through the use of hypnosis and habit change to take your performance to the next level, whether that's in sports, business, or something else. Visit www.eclipseperformance.com for more information and be limitless. Welcome to The Mind Mix. It's the podcast where two friends talk about what's on our mind, about our minds, when it comes to mind. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Jen. How are you? That's an interesting question. Why? Because we don't always actually say how we are. That's kind of a loaded question. Super loaded question. Mm-hmm. And I have my own thoughts on that, but why do you think that? Because we don't want people to actually know what's going on with us. Mm. Unless there's somebody who feels safe to us, then we may just like unload on them. But otherwise, we keep things at this certain level. You know, we don't allow that vulnerability with people we don't know. It's not safe. And so we keep things safe. And so when someone says, how are you? I could be dying inside and I'll say, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's become a pleasantry that's kind of expected Mm -hmm. between... I was going to say acquaintances, but I mean, even passerbys on the street, that's not even an acquaintance. Yeah. And people that really don't actually care how we are. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we say that? I wonder where that came from in our lexicon. Like, why do we just instantly say, how are you? I wonder if there's research you and I can do on that for for our listeners. For For our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) That is a really, I love the history of things, like how it came about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if... That pleasantry, I mean, it has to represent something, right? Like, people ask how somebody's doing when they really don't care. And then people will answer knowing that the other person really doesn't care, which Mm -hmm. is how, uh, oh, I'm good, comes about when really not. Yeah. Yeah. What, What I find interesting is that if somebody does decide to divulge an inch into how they're feeling, like, I'm tired. Mm hmm. What then the, the person doesn't to... know how to react. Yeah. What <laughs> like, the wait, that's off script. That? You went off script. Yeah. And then the things that come from that, right? The, oh, I'm sorry. Or, oh, yeah, you look tired. That's not <laughs> anything that anybody wants to hear. <laughs> Thank you. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah, you look awful. Oh, I feel awful. <laughs> you should work on that whole tired thing. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. So now it's uncomfortable and I'm going to go, yeah. okay. Um, I have this thing, a a mentor that I worked with years ago um, was talking about how your own brain wants to hear your own voice tell you how you are. Correct. So in these pleasantries, it's not for the other person. You, the individual, I get to decide how I am by telling myself how I am with the witness in front of me that probably doesn't care how I am. Correct. And I would say that when you say 
I'm fine or I'm great and you're really not, do you really believe it? Well, there's something to the fake it till you make it. Not so much. Your brain's too smart for that. Wait a minute. My mom <laughs> told me. That is an old school thing. The fake it till you make it. No, I think there's science behind that. There's science behind it saying that it doesn't work. Because your mind is so smart, you can't trick it. You can change it, but you can't trick it. So you can fake it till you make it as far as taking action towards something that you want to do. But you're not going to convince your mind that you're there until you're there. Your mind knows. We can't deceive ourselves. Mm, I'm going to go ahead and challenge you on that. Okay. I mean, I believe challenge that your me. mind knows. I'm just, in, in the course of the fake it till you make it, if you wake up every day feeling shitty, and, oh yeah, we curse on this one. Um, <laughs> if you wake up every day feeling shitty and you're like, okay, I just got to fake it. I got to put a smile on my face. I got to just like get myself there. Don't your cells eavesdrop on what you're talking about? So if your own brain wants to hear your own voice and you mm -hmm. continue to say, I'm awesome, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I feel wonderful, I feel well, won't your cells eavesdrop on that? So even if you don't currently feel it, won't you get to the point of feeling it? Not necessarily. It depends on the filter in your mind, the critical faculty. So that's what lets things go into your subconscious mind. It's your filter between your conscious and subconscious mind, the critical faculty. This is what lets into your subconscious mind, right? So we know that at least 95% of what we do is what's in our subconscious mind. We're only in our conscious thinking logical mind 5% of the time. So if there is something in your mind that is causing you to feel these feelings, then until you address that, it's not going to get through. Does that make sense? So like if I have this belief in my subconscious mind that my mind knows, it's safe, it knows it, whether it feels good or not, my mind doesn't really mind about that. It doesn't care. It knows it. So if I hear something that is opposing that, it's not going to get into my subconscious mind and I'm not going to necessarily truly believe it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And yes. here's me still challenging you. Challenge because me. Because uh -huh. this is my own experience. Mm -hmm. So I was going through a time, mm -hmm. right, when I wasn't feeling so awesome. Yeah. And this was the time that I was working with this particular mentor. And when she told me, your own brain wants to hear your own voice tell you how you are. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about how things get into your subconscious in a minute because you're going to tell me how that goes. But ultimately, if my own voice, if my answer to how are you has nothing to do with the other person, and we know it doesn't, mm -hmm. and my own brain is craving my own voice to tell it how it is, and I'm not feeling awesome, mm -hmm. but I continually say my word, I'll tell you my word, I chose extraordinary, mm -hmm. because that does one of two things. One, it's a powerful word. Yeah, it is. And because that's how I want it to feel. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm not feeling awesome. I want to feel extraordinary. Yeah. I'm going to try to trick my brain into feeling extraordinary. And mm -hmm. so if I'm hearing extraordinary over and over and over, mm -hmm. pretty soon my brain's going to go, huh, maybe that not so awesome that I thought I was feeling isn't 
really true. Maybe I am feeling way better than not so awesome. Maybe I'm actually feeling extraordinary. Mm -hmm. That's one of two things. The other thing is, if it is in response to the how are you question, it throws a wedge right in the middle of that very impersonal interaction. Mm -hmm. Because very often the person saying how are you doesn't hear extraordinary. No. And so it puts them on pause and it throws a wedge right into that like yeah. fake transaction yeah. and makes them go, what? Yeah. Wow. Maybe they ask a question. What's so great? What's, why mm-hmm. do you feel extraordinary? And then that allows your brain to kick in and say X, Y, Z or whatever yeah. that looks like. Or, you know, I'm really working on feeling extraordinary. Yeah. And so this is what I'm doing to help myself get there. And it mm-hmm. creates a level that didn't exist before in that question. But you're not going to go there if you don't feel safe in it. Exactly. So in order for you to follow that extraordinary, you have to have feelings of extraordinary in your subconscious mind already. Like that has to already be there and you've already had those feelings before. Okay, but how do you put them there? Because... How do you get them there? Yeah. If I want to feel extraordinary, Mm -hmm. but I've never felt extraordinary before... Mm -hmm. I believe, and you're going to tell me that it's true, that you can feel extraordinary. But if you've never felt it before, if it's not yet in your subconscious, it's got to get there somehow. How does it get there? Well, okay. So first of all, you have to define for yourself what does extraordinary mean, right? So once you know, okay, extraordinary means I feel super positive, I'm very happy, full of energy, whatever it is for you then there's several ways you can do that. So we're all programmed, and this is how our mind gets these things that we get. So you can use hypnosis to do that. You can use self-hypnosis. You can go into a state of deep meditation. But you have to, in order to for these feelings to be true, you have to be able to relax and accept them. And see, that's the thing is our brains are going to fight against that. If we have all these things going on and we're not feeling really good, it's going to be super easy for our brain to follow those. And so in order to follow the extraordinary, you have to define it for yourself, know that you've had it before, and then allow yourself to feel it. I think that is the big difference with the fake it to your make it. You have to be open to these feelings in order to achieve them. You can't just say them to yourselves. Like Stuart Smiley. (laughs) (laughs) But that will not work. I know. He's awesome. I agree. Gosh darn it. People like me. Yeah. But you're not going to believe it unless it is already there. And if it's not already there, you can put it there. Like I said, through hypnosis, self-hypnosis, meditation, and just allowing yourself to accept that as something that who is who you really are. But if you don't accept that, you're not going to have that. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But let's talk about this hypnosis. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that most people out walking this earth aren't regularly hypnotizing themselves. They should be. Well, that's a whole <laughs> separate episode. Or could be, I should say. They yes. could be. <laughs> However, what you're saying is, Hypnosis, self-hypnosis, or meditation. So not enough people meditate. I can already tell you that. We know that. Mm-hmm. But you're saying hypnosis or mm-hmm. self-hypnosis, which I'm sure you still have to be trained to do. I got to tell you, before I met you, I was never hypnotized. Mm-hmm. I also don't know that I on purpose ever self-hypnotized myself because I was never taught. However, mm-hmm. 
I I faked it until I made it. (laughs) So at what point, let's talk about hypnosis. Okay. Define it for me. Hypnosis is a very, very deep state of relaxation. And when you're in that deep state of relaxation, that critical faculty I was telling you about is disengaged. So any suggestions that come into your subconscious mind go straight into your subconscious mind, which is where all your programs, how you operate is coming from. However, we cannot put suggestions in that don't resonate with you. They are not who you truly are, that are not safe for yourself, for others. Um, We cannot implant memories. That's just a whole, (laughs) yes. And something I would never go into because I think that's dangerous territory. Um, but you can, when you're in this deep state of relaxation, change those programs that are in your mind. So if you are feeling not so great, but you want to feel extraordinary, you can come into a hypnosis session, 25 minutes, and we can start putting these in your mind. And if they're already there in a way that it resonates with you, then your mind's going to pick that up and it's going to start going in that direction. If the other feelings do not go away you're just not going to be following them anymore, so you're not going to be feeling them so much. Does that make sense? Like, we don't erase anything. You don't change anything. You just bring yourself over to the feelings you want to feel, to the actions you want to take. Feelings follow action. It's not like the thinking, I'm going to think myself. It's your actions. So when you said, I'm extraordinary, you took action, and then the feelings followed. Feelings always follow action. Okay, well, honestly, to begin with, in the whole fake it till you make it the only action I took was to on purpose not feel stupid about saying Uh I'm extraordinary that was the one small action that's all it takes sometimes is just one small action you changed something though you did something different you weren't doing that before and you took that step whether it felt comfortable or not you did it and you got a different result yeah, how weird would it be if we walked around going, oh, I'm extraordinary. Actually, weird. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. I was just going to say, why don't we walk around saying I'm extraordinary? And, and by weird, I mean just out of the norm, right? Something yeah. that people aren't used to. Yeah. And you know what? Let's normalize being extraordinary. Right? Uh, why do we have to be okay? Why do we have to be, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm P.S. Okay. When I ask you how you are, Monica, I care. I know you care. You're allowed to say whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I have. This is true. Yeah. (laughs) But that's really important. I feel like shit today. Yeah. And you know what? And that's an important part of that. Okay. Yeah. And that's an important part of that because it allows me to get those feelings out and then I can move on. You know, it's super dangerous when we keep these feelings bottled up. That's when it really creates the danger. The feelings aren't bad. They're just feelings. And if we let them out, we release them to somebody like you who (laughs) listens to me. Well, you know, I'm... Bitch and complain about blah, 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 blah. We all need it. I'm I'm under the impression that everybody on earth needs a therapist, like a talk therapist, a psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. and a life coach. Yeah. And a hypnosis practitioner, such as yourself. I agree. So, you know, the combination of those three things would really keep the earth (laughs) moving. Correct. It really In a much more loving way. Right. I used to be, I'm a former professional ruminator. Mm -hmm. 
So these thoughts would get stuck. <laughs> I like stuck. how you uh, said that. Yeah. The former professional. <laughs> these thoughts would get stuck in my head. And, you know, at a certain point, you just start believing them because mm-hmm. they've been there for so long. And I think that's one yes. of my ultimate goals in life coaching is to help the client understand that you don't have to believe everything you think. Correct. Which is really a mind-blowing concept Correct. to a lot of people. What, what do you mean, I don't have to believe everything I think? You have to attach yourself to that. You yes. don't have to feel those feelings. You can just let it go by. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the more you say that, the more you don't attach to them, the more they just kind of go by. And that's exactly it. Have you heard that... Um, People, people, you know, the professionals out there. Uh-huh, those people. If you, they, they say, think of these thoughts, any thoughts, really, if we're really going to get down into meditation, right, mm-hmm. where you just acknowledge the thought and let it float away it like a away. cloud. Yeah. You don't have to attach yourself to any, whether positive or negative, right? Correct. Because we, as human beings, yeah. are the ones that attach yes. good, bad, positive, yes. negative, when in Those actuality, yeah, they're just things. Things are Thoughts, just what feelings. they are. Yeah, and that's a really interesting. Yeah. So um, they're not necessarily good or bad. Yeah, but we give them those labels, yeah. and then we create our lives around. So you know, I'm a being big, angry is just information. Right, something is not right. When you hold on to that for more than about 20 minutes, that's when you start creating problems for yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you can acknowledge, I'm angry what is causing this and you can work through that the anger dissipates and it's gone and then you don't have that rumination cycle because you acknowledge the feeling you work through it and you moved on right so we as humanity don't often do that we no. cover it we with cover it alcohol yeah. drugs um we bury exercise, it. Um, video games, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, anything that anything. doesn't ask us to truly address mm-hmm. what's going on because we don't like to feel uncomfortable. No, we don't. So most of our lives are spent in an effort to maintain comfort mm-hmm. even if it's not good for you. Correct. And sometimes we don't want to feel comfortable. You might not want to feel the discomfort. Sometimes you don't want to feel the comfort. So that's actually a really great, let's talk about that. So <laughs> I have a therapist because I think the whole world should. Um, again, back in the day when I had a, a different brain and I truly b- believe that I have a different brain now. Mm-hmm than I did even 10 years ago. Correct. And the ability to think differently. Correct. Um, And that took a lot of work. It does. Many, many moons ago, I sat in front of my therapist and just, I thought everything was just awful, right? Just how do I even get out of this stuck? Because it can't be like this forever. Mm -hmm. And she posed this very simple question to me and it was this, Jen, what if everything was just okay? Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't awful or tragic or this or that or all of these anxious things that you're feeling? What if, like just sit there and feel it for a second. What if everything, and we're not even talking extraordinary. Mm-hmm. We're talking just about okay. what if everything was just okay? Mm-hmm. And I sat back with a huge deep breath and I thought, I, 
I don't even know what that would be like. Mm-hmm. When has everything just been okay? okay? And man, that was something that maybe just right then and there I thought, wow, I don't even know what just okay is because mm-hmm. I've thrown myself into, and notice that I'm saying I, I've mm-hmm. done this. I'm not a victim to anything that's no. happened in my life. I've created the mental circumstance that mm-hmm. I'm in and I'm the only one that can get me out of it. Correct. And so what did I do? I started thinking about if everything was just okay. And it really changed mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize that you're so deep into the uckiness yeah. until somebody poses like a really easy question. Like, Correct. well, what if everything was just okay? And you're like, I don't even know what that looks like. Let's sit and think about what that might look like, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about visualizations. Okay. Because you have to almost visualize that everything is okay, right? You do. Mm-hmm. So, I know there's science behind visual- yeah, visualization. Yeah, visualization Athletes is the best. Yeah. Um, really successful people yeah. visualize. And part of what you do in your hypnosis is to suggest yeah. that they're placing we images. Can do very specific detailed visualization super focused visualization what is the benefit of visualization for the brain well your brain so when you're in the hypnotic state your subconscious mind well in any state but when you're in the hypnotic state your subconscious mind cannot differentiate between fantasy and reality so if you're in a hypnotic session with me and i am guiding you through a very focused detailed visualization your subconscious mind does not know if that has happened, is happening, is going to happen, or not. It just takes it as this is what it is. And that is why it's so effective. Because then when your brain believes that this is what it is, that's what it starts to follow. So wherever our attention goes is what we follow. Mm-hmm. Which is what you were talking about with the question about what if everything was okay. So your mind was following these different tracks of this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And you were stopped in those tracks all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, your questioning was questioned. Like, what if there's another possibility? Because before that, you hadn't thought of it or possibilities. Myself included, I've been in that exact same place. And I had to make that realization too. That, well, wait a second. I created all of this. You know, this is all me. Like, the stuff that goes on in our heads is extraordinary, (laughs) to use your word. It's, like... It really is. It is so almost beyond comprehension. And, well, fact, it is because so many things that go on in our minds, we don't know, like, the mechanisms behind them or why they're happening or even when they're happening. Um, We don't know when we acquire knowledge that's something that's being studied like that exact moment when knowledge like hits your brain it's not it doesn't nobody knows it's something that's being studied. and is that conscious or or is it does unconscious it go in, yeah or, that's something we talk about often crazy so so quickly for the listeners so we we you and i talk about three levels 
of consciousness. One mm-hmm. is the conscious mind, mm-hmm. the active. You said we're in it five percent of the time. In, yeah. Most is subconscious, which yeah. are the I call them agreements because mm-hmm. my platform is the four agreements. We work very closely with the four agreements. So yeah, the agreements that we've made over a lifetime. Yeah. Sit in our subconscious, yeah. whether we understand why we've made them or not along yeah. the way. All the programs, everything we've been taught. Yeah. Things we've agreed to without realizing we've agreed to. Yes. Yeah. And then, just recently, I started talking with you about the unconscious, the unconscious mind. mind, which is something that you don't hear passers-by no. talking about very often. So let's talk about the unconscious the mind. The unconscious mind. I love talking about the unconscious mind. So That's the most fascinating to me because it's the most like unattainable. Yeah. It's the most unknown. And I am super fascinated by these things and obviously by how our minds work and... Well, and there's so much theory behind it, right? Because a we lot don't of theory, know. we can't prove it. You, you can't and I love even, talking theory. <laughs> I know, right? We love these things you can't prove. They're so fun. But we can't even differentiate where in the structure of our mind is our conscious and subconscious mind. So then now there's this extra layer, the unconscious mind. And what is that? The unconscious mind is things that we have picked up through... The uh, lifetime of humans. Since humans were humans, maybe even farther back, if we evolved from something else, it's things that are in our DNA. Memories. Um, we were talking the other day about like a fear of spiders. Like say somebody, like your great, 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 great grandmother was attacked by spiders. And this fear of spiders has stayed in your subconscious mind. Spiders are dangerous, 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 all the way up to you. And now you have this fear of spiders and you're like, I have no idea where this came from. I've never seen a spider in my life. I don't know who hasn't seen a spider, (laughs) but it's possible. I don't know. I haven't been everywhere. Uh (laughs) So you have this fear and it's in your unconscious mind. It's something that has been carried through humanity. Mm. I read an article one time and it was talking about how there are only two basic fears that humans carry mm-hmm. and it it was alluding to the unconscious mind going back to cavemen, going mm-hmm. back to beyond, right? Yeah. Again, if we did evolve from something. And those yeah. two fears are one, loud noises. Yes. And two, falling. Yes. And so the article was talking about loud noises because in survival mode, mm-hmm. back before weapons, before, right, <laughs> our yeah. our ability to listen for something out of the ordinary. Coming to, your way. To then protect ourselves, right? So, exactly. Dinosaurs. <laughs> like, who knows? Um, and then falling. So our yeah. ancestors slept in trees. Mm-hmm. So it's to avoid the... Whatever couldn't on the ground cr- couldn't climb a tree yep. to find them, right? Like it was a level of safety, mm-hmm. and but they weren't sleeping in hammocks, yeah. right? They're sleeping on brick. So again, I don't know these people that we're talking about or yeah. the animals that we're talking about, but ultimately, loud noises and falling have traveled with humanity, mm-hmm. and here we are. Yeah, and here it's we not are. a conscious or yeah. subconscious thing that just has flowed with us. So mm-hmm. that's really an interesting thing. And so that was just talking about two yeah primal primal fears yeah and of course we in 2022 have a shit ton more than two fears 
some of us would say primal, but it's really yeah. interesting that, that we're talking like two primal fears and then is everything else manufactured? I think in a way, yeah. I think a lot of the things we are afraid of, aside from true danger, so we have different danger now than we did back then. So anything that is not a true danger, a threat to your life, um, is just a made-up fear. Like the fear of talking in front of people, you're not going to die. <laughs> but it's a, tr- it's a fear that we have, right? Fear of succeeding. That's a really big Ooh, one. Yeah. We hold ourselves back. Oh, is you're that going deeper. I was, I'm thinking no. spiders and yeah. heights, right? You're like, <laughs> the fear of success. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a whole nother show, Monica. Anything that can be threatening. So we've taken on this thing of anything that can be threatening. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a later episode. Yeah, for sure, because that one is fascinating to me. Well, and more people than maybe even would admit have suffered yeah from that and maybe very yeah. unconsciously i yeah. don't even know if i'm using that you're gonna have yes, to correct so me that's the interesting thing we do all these things and we don't even realize we're doing them mm-hmm. so just stopping with the question again from your therapist what if everything was okay if we would just stop for just a minute and look at these thoughts that we're having from a detached standpoint without judging yourself, then you might change how you're thinking about them. So we hear, we, those of us that read stuff like this, uh-huh. um, <laughs> so often about detachment, right? And mm-hmm. it's this really wonderful idea mm-hmm. that not a lot of people can even grasp. Correct. So I, I even used to have a really difficult time with it. Mm-hmm. And now, again, in a different brain and a different mindset and different awareness and abilities to look back and say, why was it so hard to detach from that stuff? Mm-hmm. We're so, it's like the force through the trees kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We are so wrapped up emotionally in these stories that we've yeah. created in our we lives. hold on to them. In the four agreements, he calls them dream, right? We all mm-hmm. are living our own individual dream. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth because the truth is the truth. Whatever those things are that just exist, that's what the truth is. And we are, we walk around this life in a waking dream, ultimately. And we've created our experience based on this dream that we're all living. And the idea that we can change or exist in that but it's all based on what we find our what we're attached to Mm -hmm. right I'm attached to food Mm -hmm. and somehow this creates other things that happen in my life and so I have difficulty shedding weight if that's my goal Mm -hmm. I have difficulty in relationships I don't like going to the beach and putting a bathing suit on because I have this attachment to a thing. Mm-hmm. The example I'm using is food, but yeah. it really could be anything else. It could be anything. Now, does that have to do... I love the word ego uh-huh. because so many people out there say, oh, well, he just has an overinflated ego and act like having an ego is an awful thing when in fact... Mm-hmm. You have to have an ego. Ego is I. You have yeah, to have, have an ego. the ability, and that's okay, mm-hmm. 
you have to have an ego. If you didn't have an ego, there would be, we would have issues. I think there's like dissociative disorders. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody has to have an ego and that's okay. The inflation level of what that is. And I think that that has to do with levels of attachment as well. Levels of attachment. Levels of feeling of self-worth. So when we're talking about attachment, how, how do those two things play into each other? Because why is it so hard to detach from a thought, from a feeling, from a thing? Why safety. is that? It's because it's safety. Mm-hmm. It, bottom line, it comes down to this is what we know, this is what's safe. Whether, again, whether it feels good to us, whether it's beneficial to us, it is safe. And that is the most important thing. It's predictable. Our brains love predictability. Our brains know if we stay going this way, we know exactly what's going to happen. Whether it's positive or negative. Whether it's positive or negative, it doesn't matter. This is is what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. Which is why trying new things is so scary to people. Mm. Why the unknown is so scary because it's just that. It's the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. And so that causes fear. So, okay, fear. Fear is the reason most people don't live the life that could have been meant for them. Correct. Fear is the reason that stops us from doing a lot of things. It stops us from being who we truly are. We are afraid of judgment. We're afraid of what other people think. Instead of just, and I'm not immune to this either. I do this too. Instead of just being who we are and without having an inflative ego where it's like me first, me, 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 me. Where it's just this is me This is the kindness, this is the love that I want to spread into the world. And instead of looking at the world from a how can I help you standpoint, we look at the world from like a what can I get standpoint. Or yeah, protective. Like that scarcity thing, right? Like I need, I need, I need, I need. Instead of just letting all of that go and saying how can I help the world? How can I help this person? What can I do for this person? Yeah, well, vulnerability is really hard. It is hard. Why is it so hard? Because we are subject to uh, judgment. We yeah. are subject to what other people think. And when we are have fear of what other people think, then we're not going to allow that. So, I have a question it's about that. It's all fear. Yeah, I get it. It's about what other people think. And everybody makes decisions Fear-based. I mean, that's Correct. just, it's a given. We walk around Earth and people make decisions based on fear. I understand that. Protect, right? I get that. Yeah. And why do we care so much about the judgment? And I think that it has to do with us, our ego, not being 100% with whatever that thing is to begin with, right? Because if you yeah. were so sure about whatever it is, right? This is my light. This is who I am. I'm good with it. I've accepted me. Mm -hmm. I love me. There are people out there for me, my tribe. It's not the whole world, but it's a certain, like, right? My tribe will find me, my true authentic self, if I'm embracing that myself. But if I'm questioning who I am and trying to put it out there, 
then you're not, and you're afraid of the judgment, then you're not truly accepting your whole self. Because if you did, then you wouldn't be fearful of the judgment. Is that, that's yeah. the way that it works? Yeah. Okay, we need to get that's people. That's my understanding of it. We need anyway. to get people loving their true, authentic self. Right? <laughs> uh, because. We're such a judgment society, though. We really like, are. Everything is judge, 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 judge. You say the wrong thing once and you are out. Oh, God, no, that's just more recent <laughs> cancel culture. Please don't even take me down that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this goes back to why did, and I'm going to use an era, right, the 50s, 50s housewives. I, I got this from Mad Men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? 50s housewives, my understanding, would like, there's problems, right? We've, we mm-hmm. as humans have problems forever. However, don't let your neighbors know. Correct. Don't let your families know. Goes right stuff back to it down how are and you? stuff it down and stuff it down and yeah. put on this facade. Everything mm-hmm. it's what Instagram is Leave today. It to Beaver. Right? <laughs> it's it's this it is. It's show. So fake. And yeah. and how has that become and I is it the idea of moving to pleasure? Like I see somebody's life and it looks so great and my life in the background sucks, right? Mm-hmm. I think that it would be more pleasurable to be living that life that I'm seeing on Instagram. Is that what is consumed? It, like, I just, I'm having, because clearly social media, we know, this has been studying, is awful yeah. for teenagers, yeah. for children. For everybody. It's, it, yeah. It's the process of creating identity. Mm-hmm. So it's even that much worse for children moving mm-hmm. into teenagers. So why seeing images that aren't real, photoshopped images? Yes, how has it become yeah. that? Is it like the Kardashians' fault? I don't know if it's anybody's specific fault. The I idea mean, of they definitely play into it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anything about them is actually real. Okay, so for those of you out there, I don't want anybody tagging the Kardashians and saying that I'm dissing them, right? Like, clearly they're building empires. I'm all about girl power. <laughs> they're but doing it's, something. It's the idea that. Yeah, it's that unattainable image. Which is weird. It is And I'll weird. stop you there. It, I think it's weird because... They look like that, right? Like there's, yes, there's, there's editing on, and so, okay, yes, we're focusing on the Kardashians, but it's not that. There's social media influencers all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, filters. Filters. Why filters? Why are we, I was thinking about makeup the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is makeup? Makeup literally is like, sorry for my face. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make up for it by putting this junk on uh-huh. me. And Spending all this money. Don't get me wrong. I like putting makeup on. Yeah. I will say that I like to look in the mirror and I, that's for me. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I'll go out into the world. I'll go out into the world, wash face, right? Yeah. No makeup. But me that's too. for me, but not for everyone. Yeah. Right. But most people wouldn't dare women. Mm-hmm. Most women wouldn't dare. Oh, now I'm going to get in trouble for that. Sorry for the non-PC. Um, there's a lot of women that wouldn't dare to go to work with no makeup on. Correct. Why? I don't know. That's a good question. 
There is my guess would be it's self-esteem and the way that society expects us to behave. Certainly society, yeah. right? Because the whole idea behind makeup yeah. is sorry for my face. Sorry for my face. Let me show up with a different one. <laughs> Same thing probably with filters. Yeah. Sorry for the way I actually look. Let me pretend like I look like something else. Yeah. Oh, how awful. Mm-hmm. I've never really broken it down like that. I've always just surface level been like, this is stupid. Yeah. But now that we're talking about it, like, sorry for my face. Come on. <laughs> um, Let's get rid of that. I don't. Okay. My kid, I have very small children. I have a two and a half year old and a six month old. So I am not to the point of them needing a phone or social media or anything like that. However, I have... Most of my friends have children between the how how your eighteen year old eighteen, and then most of my little nieces, my Hanai nieces, are like five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And how different growing up now is than it was when you and I were growing up. Oh, it's so different. It's a completely different world. I just and I feel like. I know everybody likes to say this, like, oh, the good old days, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like growing up without social media did us wonders. Oh, yeah. I would not want what I was doing on social media. (laughs) I would not want that added pressure. I think we skated by. I think we were born just at the right time. Oh, yeah. Greatest generation. uh, (laughs) We are, absolutely, without a doubt. But um, watching my daughter grow up with it, you know, being 18, she was right at the very beginning of it. And I think it's way more prevalent than it was even when she was 7, 8, 9, 10. And that is when it was most dangerous for her. Mm. Because that is when I feel like girls these days are most impressionable. Mm -hmm. That's when she had the most issues and the most trouble. And then as she started getting into her teen years, she started to coming into who she was and she's fine. She didn't have those issues with, I hate you, mom. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> Luckily, we, I, I've never had a fight with her or anything like that. So um, just about doing her schoolwork. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, just things like that. So I feel like she was, lucky as well in coming in like a year or two later it would have probably been a lot more disastrous wow timing and she's on social media yeah i know she's on there yeah well at 18 yeah Yeah. and she's on things we don't even know about yeah and i can't there's nothing i can do about it luckily there's no OnlyFans pages or anything so okay so that that raises a question for me because we started this out with the how are you question Do 18-year-olds ask each other how the, how they are? It's a good question. I don't know. It's a good question. Is this pleasantry that we... Something would, that belongs to older generations? We would have to get a younger person in here. We would have to ask her. Yeah, let's do that. I'm okay. super interested in that answer. Because we're talking about social media. And I'm going to call an 18-year-old a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Kids these Definitely days... Definitely a kid. They communicate. Mm-hmm. Not verbally, right? It's texting. She's on FaceTime all the time. So kind of, yeah, she does. She is always on FaceTime with her friends. They are always FaceTiming. FaceTiming or texting. And she actually does talk on the phone. 
Interesting. A lot because, but the reason is she has an hour commute to her school mm, mm-hmm. and it's just a wide open road. Oh, I so love that. That's when I get all of my is, phone calls done yeah. when I'm driving in the car with no kids on in the, the back. Phone. Yes. Yes. On the phone. That talking. makes sense. So she's talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God she's not FaceTiming while she's on the road. <laughs> oh my gosh. She would lose her license. Well, so that so that is an interesting question. Is is the how are you question the does that exist, question. or has it morphed into something where the idea still remains the same? Mm-hmm. Our general premise of what we were talking about does but it it's matter? Using different words. Yeah, I, I'm interested in that. In um, we'll have to ask your daughter if she wants to be a guest. Um, as a younger perspective, mm-hmm. just yeah. because I don't know. I don't I don't know that either. That's a really interesting thing. So And honestly thinking about it and thinking about how they interact with each other and thinking about my own team, because I was a varsity cross country coach, so I've coached kids these this age, high school kids. I don't it's either something that is so common that we don't recognize it when it's being said or it wasn't said. I don't remember that specific question in those words being said. I would ask them things like, how was your day? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? How's your energy level? It was never that, how are you? That, you know, this is my wall. This is my boundary. I'm going to ask you how you are and you're going to say you're good and we're going to go about our business. Because you knew better. Because the question that you were asking, you cared about the answer. Yes. So there's something I was asking in specific you. questions. Exactly. And they say that these days about how you talk to your kids, mm-hmm. which has totally changed. Because there, I'm, if there was this information, my mom wasn't picking up on it. Uh, my mom <laughs> is amazing, by the way. Um, the how are you is, again, a pleasantry. A it's pleasantry. a I'm not listening to the answer. Yeah. And so you don't ask your kids that because there's no answer for it. But you are supposed to ask. Things like what you just said. How's your energy? Yeah. I was, I was working with my um, sugar coach, and she was asking things like, how's your digestion today? I'd be like, uh-huh. I wouldn't even have ever thought about that. What does right? that even mean? Mm-hmm. Right? So that opened up a whole new thing. But the how are you question, maybe just understanding that you're not going to get an actual, honest, true answer. So we have to ask the right question. Ask a different question. How are you feeling today? What's going on with you today? Mm-hmm. What's new today? Yeah. Yeah. I was reading for my child, my two and a half year old. I was reading that I'm supposed to be asking questions like, who did you sit next to today? Oh, really? What made you laugh today? Uh-huh. Like, those are brilliant. Yeah. Right? My two year old. Questions that actually make them think. Yeah. Oh, who was I sitting next to? Yeah. Cause oh, it's what was funny today? To get away with the how are you question. Mm-hmm. So I kind of equate the how are you question, and, and I guess now we're going to say to our age group, to like passing on the street, mm-hmm. passing somebody on the street you haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And then this leads to people you don't the, know. People you don't know. Right. What, what do I actually yeah. care? Actually, they say that in sales. If you're going to do cold calls or even like a sales call, you don't start off with, hi, how are you? Yeah. Because A, the person on the phone is like, I don't know you. Yeah. Why are you asking me? Why this? are you asking me? And they're like, B, you don't care how mm-hmm. I am. Really? Yeah. Like, do you really want to know what's going on in my life? This yeah. Time? Like this phone call? 
And then see the, oh, this person has already established themselves as an ingenuine person, yeah. and now they're going to try to sell me something. So all of the red flags go up. Yeah. So, just so the wall is salespeople like, out there, bam. quit with the how are you question yeah. immediately. Yeah. We're going to need to think of Get something better for you. Get to your point first, you. and then if you know the person, ask them. Well, and it's like everybody's aware of what's happening here, yes, right? We're all you get aware. a phone call from your yeah. insurance agent, like maybe they're checking up on something. You know exactly mm-hmm. what that phone call is going to yeah, look like. Yeah, that's why I don't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't know you and you call me, I'm not answering the phone. Yeah, I just stopped. Oh, well, that's what's so great about caller ID, which yeah. we also didn't have when we were kids. No, but here's the thing with caller ID: I had my phone number stolen. Oh, by one of those companies that makes. All those phone calls. Oh, okay. And I actually got a phone call from my own number one morning. No way. Yes. And it freaked me (laughs) out. I was like, what the fuck? This is my number. What is going on? Like at first I thought it was my mom Mm -hmm. because it said mom. I don't know why. And it was my number. Because you and your daughter are on the same phone. But that's how. Yeah. So. You came through as yourself. Yes. From her phone. Yes. Oh, on my phone with weird. my number weird. and it scared me because it was the middle of the night and it said mom and I thought my mom was calling me in the middle of the night and uh, then it hung up and it called me like 15 times oh in like gosh. two hours if not more and finally I was like what the fuck this is my <laughs> own number I'm like who like who else are they calling with my number yeah and of course you can report that to the uh, whatever to federal yeah, department it was, I don't even remember anymore, to... the FCC or whatever, yeah. but they don't do shit about mm-hmm. it. Just like, what the hell? So even if it is a number you know, it could still be fraud. Yeah, that's it weird. It pissed me off. That's super weird. It's scary, too. It's scary <laughs> when it calls you. <laughs> that is super like, weird. my phone is possessed. Um, it's calling me. <laughs> it's like, Monica, get up right now. But so, okay, so the, back to the how are you question, right? With the, whether it be strangers or the, we've been conditioned. We took quite a route around this how, how are you question. Well, <laughs> that's what these are for, right? It's all of the fun stuff it's that the our brains do. These are tangents. Yeah. It's, uh, gonna we always come back. come back. We come back. Uh, <laughs> we go this way, then we go that way, and then we come back. So how are you? So... Well, I'm extraordinary. Thank Excellent. you for asking. You're um, so this question, usually when I'm, I'm when I'm talking with my coaching clients, this that question leads into really the answer or the interaction with the person that you are having this exchange with. Uh-huh. For example, if it is a stranger, we've already established that the how are you question is really a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no stupid questions. And this is a dumb one. So um, <laughs> let's think of better questions, first of all. Um, so secondly, let's say you run into an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. And this happens so often. And, and so long ago, I decided that this I was just anti this entire exchange. So I try to get out of them as quickly as possible. So mm-hmm. if, if for anybody out there, if I'm in an exchange with you and you recognize this is happening, just move, move about your day. Um, it's not personal. It's <laughs> no, it's very much about Jen. Uh, <laughs> it it's oh, we should get coffee. Oh, 
How are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. How's it? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, we should catch up. Let's get coffee one day. Yeah, we should do that. We should. We should just say that and not ever do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it took me. And then me, you say, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we should. Text okay, me. great. We'll talk to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. I save my breath now. I don't, like, if I'm not already meeting with you for coffee or mm-hmm. we're hanging out or we're having regular conversations, we're not going to. Yeah. And the and that entire exchange of we should, mm-hmm. like, I have my whole spiel on, on the word should. And everybody goes, no, you shouldn't, you know, like that. Everybody Should's knows about the word. word. Right. But it's also a very judgy word. It is and very so, judgy. You know, I have my little we spiel on. Yeah, we do it to ourselves. But you know what? Here's the deal. The why should we? Why should we get coffee? Mm-hmm. If I just randomly ran into you, which happens in a town. Yeah, especially in this one, constantly. You're not going to get away from it, but the whole yeah. we should get coffee. Why do people waste their breath with that? I don't know. It's just the same as how are you? It's the pleasantry. Yeah, it's just the pleasantry. It's just something to say. I, maybe it's just that we don't know what to say. So it happens a lot with just random people you don't know. Like that's the greeting. And sometimes people just say it as they're moving on. Like they don't even expect a response. It's just like an acknowledgement. They'd be hey, like, how are you? It? We do that in Hawaii. How's it? Yeah, how's That's, it? It's, how's it? It's not even, it's a greeting it's and a, greeting. And a like a yeah. goodbye. How's yeah. it? And I'm on my way, right? Yeah. I don't really mean how's it. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just a It's thing just to a say. greeting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So what if we had something else that we say? Well, let's start that. Because people say sometimes... People say, how are you? And they won't even say hi. Mm -hmm. They won't even say hello. Mm -hmm. Or... Well, so I actually... It took me a while. Nah, not a while. Once I became aware of it. It took me a short time to understand that people are going to say it and that it doesn't mean anything. Therefore, it does not elicit a response from me. Yeah. So if it is that circumstance... But that's a hard one, right? Because when somebody says something, you want to reply. Oh, that's a whole separate human That's condition. a whole separate thing. <laughs> right? But yeah. I feel, especially if someone says, how are you? Like, I feel rude if I don't reply. Mm. Be like, oh, that was Even a very Even though nice you know that Even they don't care. Even though I don't know that person and I know they don't care, I feel like that is what's expected of me and I did not do that. And then I feel like, oh, I'm not a good person. That was kind of shitty. Oh, you want to hear about feeling like not a good person? When I first <laughs> when I first started what I'm about to tell you, I I had feelings around it. I don't anymore. Uh-huh. But when I first started it, because I I was resolute in this, I was going to stop the patterning, right? The whole hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I was gonna stop it, right? So yeah. people are still gonna say it. That's fine. People go, Jen, how are you? I go, I'm good. So anyway, right? I don't ask back. Cause guess what? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> if I, this is That's so this, awesome. this goes back I to the that. to the if I'm asking you, Monica, or uh-huh. anybody, how are you? It's because I legitimately want to know. Uh huh. If that question comes from this girl right here, Jen Davis, if Jen Davis is saying, "Hey, how are you?" She really wants to know mm-hmm. because guess what? If she doesn't, she won't, she won't ask. Say it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I think it puts people so, on pause. People go, uh, 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 so anyway. That's me? <laughs> Bitch. Uh, yeah. So how do, well, what would you say instead? You just wouldn't say anything? You just go Why? on to the next? 
Yeah. Why do I have no, to say no, something? No, no, no reason. I no, was I know, wondering but how that exchange would go. So Exactly like that. So hey, Jen, what about done? like when you're walking down the street and someone says, how are you? Good. You just say good? I mean, I say whatever the yeah. word is of that day. Usually the way I respond now, because mm-hmm. I'm beyond my needing to hear my fake it till you make it extraordinary word, right? Uh-huh. My thing is, is because I, I believe that your cells eavesdrop on, right? And if your own brain wants to know what, it wants to know how you are by you telling it, it wants to hear your own voice, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why it doesn't work when somebody else tells you you're awesome a hundred times, right? No, you actually have to. Yeah. So you... But we'll take on the opposite, which is a whole nother conversation. Right. And so now whenever people ask me, mm-hmm. 99% of the time is I'm well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... I want to be well mm-hmm. and I am well. I am healthy well. Yeah. I am I, so this is part of my regular affirmations anyway. I always say I'm healthy, I am wealthy, I am loved. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I am well means to me. They don't need to know that. It yeah. has nothing to do with the person asking. It's me. Yeah, We're talking about the subconscious. I know, my subconscious knows what I mean when I say I am well. Correct. It means I am healthy. Yeah, it means I am vibrant. It you means I am that all yourself. of these things yeah. I have defined, but yeah. they don't need to know. And promise, they don't care. They don't care. They so don't want to know. That's too much information. Wants to hear my own mm-hmm. voice, and I say I am well. That's actually brilliant. I know. Well, here we are. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of years. Like a lot of years of yeah. the hard work. Yeah, and it is hard. It work. It does take work, and that's the thing. I think most people don't want to do the work. Well, because it's the hardest work you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. And the most beneficial. The most rewarding. Yep. Yep. You get the most out of it. Absolutely. But because it's uncomfortable, yeah. people don't want to do it. They so that's why it. I have a job as a life coach. Yeah. And you have a job as a coach and a hip, not, hypnosis practitioner. Yeah. And Behavior all of the other. coach. Yes. So that's why we have jobs in mm-hmm. this. Because, and this is totally normal. People need help. They, they need that need, outside perspective. Need you need help. I need yes. help. We all need help. Nobody, Therapists need help. Yes. Every single person needs help. None of us can Not do this on our own. one person no. who is successful has ever gotten there by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to I'm remembering Snoop. Snoop in his acceptance speech. I think it was like his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or something like that. Uh-huh. It was, his entire speech was, I'd like to thank me. <laughs> if, have you ever heard this sound no. bite? I'll play it for you another time. I'd like to thank myself. I'd like to thank me for showing up for myself. I'd like to thank me for putting in all the hours. I'd like to thank me for, right? So I, I'm true, with that. How I'm true with that. is that? If you don't show up for yourself, you're never going to get there. Totally. And. And that's hard. Yes, he had to put in the work. Yeah. And there had to be people there. That supported that. That supported that. Mm-hmm. So he didn't yes. get to do that without some level of support. Correct. And nobody who's successful, even if, yes, they had to wake up every day and put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. Somebody was there to support that. Correct. And so that's why I think, you know, there, we've become such a culture that it's like, I'm not going to ask for help. I'm, I, you know, it's like yeah, almost like it's awful like a, thing. It is. But we, we're so programmed that way humanity that we can't was ask for not help. meant to be alone. Like no. we were meant to share, to be in tribes, to share stories. Like we were meant to do that. So to think that you can only be successful if it's you on your own, it's just, it's such a fallacy. 
Um, it is, and that's how we're programmed, though. Yeah. That's what we believe. That's what we follow. Where did that come from? I don't know. That would be an interesting one to trace back to we where that to came from. We take notes on all this, like, historical <laughs> stuff that we need to... Yeah, see, so, and that's it. So these are the conversations that Monica and I have because it's just so fascinating and there's so many different realms that these ideas come from. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for all of the things that we've talked about that could lead us down another rabbit hole, that's for another day. And welcome to our podcast. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the tangents because there's a lot. Oh, and there will be many more. So buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be a bumpy ride. Let's let's leave them with this. Uh, Monica, how are you? Jen, I am extraordinary. How oh, are you? I, I am well. Thank good. you. I'm good to hear. Thank you. Let me ask you, Monica. Uh-huh. What is it that's making you feel extraordinary? Possibilities. Mm. Despite current situations regarding anything... There are always possibilities, and possibilities are both scary and exciting at the same time, and that's okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's a great place to end it. Thank you so much. Thanks.